0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Spirit of Grace Church. Thanks for joining us here on this Wednesday evening. I pray that your week is going well. And uh, I want to open tonight by sharing with many of you um, our broken hearts for the situation in Uvalde, Texas. We're praying that the Lord's comfort would be with each one of the victims and that um, we would recognize. The need for Jesus. And uh, he's the only one that can change the minds and the hearts of people. And uh, I just pray that God would just send his heavenly host of Hebrews chapter one to be ministering spirits to those that are hurting tonight. Praise God. I challenged you on Sunday, if you were in our service on Sunday, or if you watched our, our Message on Sunday, but I, I preached on "Don't miss the miraculous for the miracle," because we we tend to get tied up in the miracles instead of the miraculous. The miraculous is God Himself. The miracle is the act of God. And uh, so I challenged you this week, from Sunday to Wednesday, not to ask God for anything, but just to praise Him about everything. And uh, I hope that you were able to see a different perspective if you were able to do that uh, in understanding the concept that God already knows your need and we do need to make petition and we need to but it needs to be balanced by the simple understanding that God is in control. And uh, part of the situation why we get so tied up in miracles instead of the miraculous is we miss, um the progression of how God operates oftentimes. And so I want to bring attention to you tonight out of Mark chapter 11. Uh, our God wants to perform miracles, but beyond performing miracles, His purpose of performing miracles is so that we would recognize, that it's his presence, it's his love, it's his mercy, it's all of the attributes about him that need to flood our life and then our needs can be met. And I believe that we have done a disservice to people by misunderstanding or misteaching the principle that Whatsoever you ask, he's going to give it to you. Just have enough faith. I don't know how many times I've, I've heard that. Just have enough faith and this is going to happen. Well, maybe, maybe not. Uh, that's up to God. But what I can do is look at the scriptures, and I'm going to give you two tonight. But I want to give you two scriptures that will, uh, I believe, help you have an understanding of, of why sometimes God's answer is no, sometimes it's maybe, sometimes it, it it's when you ask the request to God that you don't get the answer that you're expecting. It's not because he lied in the Bible. It's not because our scriptures were wrong in the fact that you ask whatsoever in my name, it shall be given to him. That That's not a misstatement by the Lord. And it's not a... Uh, lie for you to believe in. I believe this. I believe whatsoever you ask him his name, he'll give it to you because of what I'm going to teach tonight. And so I taught on, or I preached on Sunday, don't miss the miraculous for the miracle or being positioned for a miracle. I I want to uh, teach this tonight. And, and, And that is the progression of a miracle or the process of the miraculous, um, because I believe this, I believe God wants to be active in our lives. And this is why the miraculous, which I, I use miraculous simply as the impetus for supernatural intervention. Okay. I, I believe that a miracle is a supernatural intervention that changes what's going on in the natural realm. And so the miraculous to me is the ever-present uh presence of god among us the supernatural presence of the lord that's with us at all times and i believe that if we would fall in love with the with the the performer of the miracle more than the miracle itself um it would be uh, we would see miracles much more often I, I believe this i believe that humanity has gotten so tied up with miracle. now don't get me wrong I want to see miracles. I pray for miracle signs and wonders all the time. I want to see them happen. But when our relationship with the Lord is only based on the miracle and not the concept that he is the miraculous, then we miss him for the event. We miss him for the act of healing or the act of deliverance. And uh, I believe that he wants our attention more than the miracle wants our attention, if if that makes sense. I believe our relationship is with Jesus and not with the miracle, okay? We, we tend to glorify the miracle and it is a glorious thing, but we glorify it more than having a relationship with Jesus. Now, we don't say it in those terms, but I believe that as humans, we fall into the trap, if you will, of being more consumed with the things of God than God himself. okay? So we say, man, we had great church on Sunday. Well what does that mean? That means that we feel that God inter, uh, interjected into our lives and, and we feel better than we came and and we really got a hold of some things and and and, and, all, and notice what I'm saying. It's me, it's we, it's I, it's us. And really, when you have great church, is simply when you acknowledge that Jesus is there and He's in control. Okay, that's real church. Uh, we say, um, you, you know, we concentrate uh, on on the things that happen, or or our journey, or our destiny, or our what we're trying to accomplish, and we're trying to be reapers and laborers, and we're trying. All these things are important if we keep our eyes on the one who is wanting to have a relationship with us. And I think oftentimes we get it out. I've said it this way often, because as a leader, as a spiritual leader, there is one question that I am tired of answering or trying to answer because there's no, there's so many different concepts of an answer. And that is, what do I need to do to get to heaven? Well, the Bible is full of explanations on how to get to heaven that i think we have so gotten lost in the concept of heaven and hell that we ri- we forget the real purpose of the of the scripture the purpose of the scripture is not designed to tell us how to make it to heaven and miss out on hell. The purpose of the scripture is to reveal God to us so that we can have a relationship with the Lord, so that we can be with Jesus, so that heaven just becomes an afterthought because we're in the presence of the one who loved us and died for us and has kept us and reconciled us. And we misplace our Uh, urgency, if you will, on the concept of making it to heaven so that we don't have to go to hell instead of making it about, let me just get to Jesus and Jesus can take care of me because the Bible does say that the only way to glory, the only way to the Father is through Jesus. So why aren't we wrapped up more in Jesus than we are explaining how to get to heaven? Now, I know people will say, well, yes, pastor, I, I agree with that. But, but the scripture tells us how to do something. Yes, the scripture directs us. But when you concentrate on getting to heaven, you fall into all kinds of hypotheticals about this, this, and this, and with this person ready and this. And the bottom line is, is no man knows. It's really because no man knows the heart except the Lord. It's in the relationship with Jesus. Okay, I hope that makes sense a little bit because that is the trigger point for this message. I'm reading from Mark chapter 11, and if you have headings in your Bible, my heading says, This is the lesson from the withered fig tree. And if you read earlier, um, Jesus walks by and he curses a fig tree, and the next day, the disciples and Jesus are walking by, and, the, and Peter recognizes that the tree has been cursed. And so. As they passed by in the morning, they saw the fake tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, the tree that you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered them. I want you to notice, first of all, he doesn't say anything really about the tree. Because he's trying to explain. He's trying to allow a picture of Jesus Remember, it's revealing Jesus. This story isn't about what you can and can't do with the spoken word. It's what you can and can't do with Jesus. And so Peter brings up this tree and and Jesus is going to begin to explain without really ever referencing the tree. He's going to, the, the point of this story in scripture is not that Jesus cursed a tree and it died and it withered away to the root. The purpose of this story is Jesus uh, trying to reveal something to his disciples that they would then have the opportunity to be partakers of, and that is simply uh, life and death is in the power of the tongue, giving us the opportunity to speak on behalf of the Lord in doing some things. And so he says, Jesus says this, have faith in God. Simple statement. That's quite the answer to the statement about a fig tree being withered to its roots. But I want to just talk a little bit about this because I pray that the, this. I pray that you would get revelation here today because I know of people that there's whole uh, religious concepts that you can just name it, the, the name it and claim it crowd. That you can just declare it and if you believe it strong enough, it's gonna happen. Okay, that's not what this passage is saying. Jesus doesn't isn't saying whatever you can think up in your mind, if you'll be believe it, just if just believe it hard enough uh, to a level that, that is overwhelming. Because really, in another passage, it says you just need the faith of a mustard seed, just one little mustard seed. Okay, but the reason is uh, our English language. Doesn't we don't we doesn't translate well from what Jesus is saying uh, from the Greek manuscript that we have, and the key point to this is verse number twenty-two: "Have faith in God." Okay. Now, our English makes it sound that it's something that we put in God. We put our faith in God. Okay, and, and so we wrap up as much emotion as we can, as much quote unquote faith, as much belief as we can, and we place it in God. And then because we've placed it in God, now whatever we declare is going to happen. okay? That's the way that it can be read here. But if you go into the the, the Greek manuscript of it, the, the the phrase have faith in God, the word in God or the words in God, uh give us a different view of what this is what Jesus is really saying because the way that it's written in the Greek which is what most of the New Testament was written in it, it is written by in such a way it's what's it's called the genitive case the word in God is in the genitive case okay the word genitive really what that does is it means um ownership. Uh, the ownership of something, okay? So, or the ownership of what it is. So really, in, in my King, one of my King James versions, in the margin, it translates it this way. Instead of saying, have faith in God, it should say, have the faith of God. Okay, that, that's in one of my King James version Bibles. I don't know how many others have it, but that it's written in there. But when you look at the concept of the genitive case of the phrase in God, it's talking about the possession of somebody. Okay. Well, obviously it's God that we're talking about. So what's, what's, what does he possess in this, in this scripture? It's faith. Okay. The one that can speak into existence, all of creation, the one that can speak into existence that, or call those things that are not as though they are He's the one that this is taught. So when Jesus says, have faith in God, it's not us placing our faith in God. It's him saying, have the faith of God. Here's here's the faith. And when God's faith resides in you, that when you speak, it's not your faith that's speaking. It's his faith that's speaking. And since it's his faith that's speaking, when you're praying it, it's going to happen. I hope you're you're catching the difference and the revelation of this. When God speaks something to you and you receive the faith that God has for something as you begin to declare it it's going to happen. It's the reason why you the Bible says this you don't receive everything because you ask amiss that you miss the point. Well the reason why you miss the point is because you haven't received what God is trying to work in us to begin with. So how do you have the faith of God in you? It's through relationship with him. It's through getting to know him. It's spending time with him. It's setting yourself aside and allowing him to increase in your life so that when that moment comes that you have a need, you have a situation, you need a miracle, then when you begin, he's already there inside of you. He will dictate to you or say to you, now's the time, speak forth. And as you speak forth in prayer and you don't doubt that it's God doing it in you, it's going to happen. But here's the problem. We have gotten into this mindset that if we just say in Jesus' name, it's going to be done. The whole concept of in Jesus' name, again, in a lot of cases, that word in is in a genitive case, which means that it's we're taking Jesus and, and possessing him. We're taking his name is his name. It's not our name. So we can't declare things in his name without it becoming from him. It's the reason why I'm very, very careful to to say that God told me this. God revealed this to me uh, because I want to make sure that I'm so close to him that I'm absolutely certain. There have been those times where I know beyond the shadow of a doubt. So I will use terms like this. I think God is trying to say this or do this right now. And is that a cop-out? No, to me, that's not a cop-out. That is relying on the rhema word of God, the spoken word of God, the revealed word of God to us so that we can release his faith to somebody else and God begins to move through us and that's when people begin to be healed. It's the reason why some people are healed and some people aren't. Because God doesn't want to heal some people at that moment. He wants to wait for a later date. I hope hope I'm making sense to somebody tonight because I want to release from you the pressure of thinking that you have had unanswered prayers. I believe that God answers every prayer. We just don't always get the response that we think we should get. So when we pray for a miracle, when we pray for a healing, when we pray for a deliverance, when we pray for finances, when we pray for all kinds of things, God hears and he answers. Sometimes his answer is yes, and we have the miracle right there. Sometimes it's um, not right now. I, I, I just picture back to my mother and father when I would beg and ask for things. And sometimes it was just a flat out no. And did I like the no? No, I didn't like the no. I wanted what I wanted. And I didn't get it. Sometimes it was maybe. Sometimes it was not right now. Sometimes it was after you accomplish this, I'll give you this. Sometimes it was that right off the bat, yes. And I believe that the Lord does the same thing with us. And we need to recognize that we're not, God's not ignoring us. God's not answering or not, not not answering us. He's answering in some way, shape, or form. It's just that we get this mindset that we can just declare whatever we want to say, and it's going to happen. And there's been whole ministries built on, I use the word loose three on ministries, but things that have been built on that concept that if I speak it strongly enough, and if you just believe enough, if you just have enough faith, uh, that, that then God's going to do it. Listen, your faith cannot be a candy stick before God, and you can't bend his arm behind his back. God's going to do whatsoever God's going to do. And what Jesus is saying in this passage is, I want to give you, because I've cursed this tree now, I'm going to give you a revelation that when you have my word in you, that when you have my faith in you when you have the faith of God residing in you, when my faith begins to speak in you, I am the one that can speak to mountains. I'm the one that spoke everything into existence. And if I'm speaking through you because you have received my faith, then, then all of a sudden, it, we like to talk about the gift of faith and the gift of healing in, in Corinthians. And, and what is that? That is God giving us his ability to do something for that moment. And some people say, well, you just learn to practice it. I don't believe you practice doing that. I think what you're practicing is recognizing when God is giving you the impulse or the impetus to step out in faith because he's already working it in the person to pray over somebody or to declare something over somebody. That's God working through that person on behalf of that other person. It's not because the person that had the need for the miracle had enough faith in God other than to ask, but it was the impetus. And so when you practice the gift of healing and the gift of miracles and, and all kind, any gifts of God, when you learn to practice that, what you're really learning is not how to do something. What you're learning is how to listen and sense when God is releasing you to speak healing into somebody. Pray. I hope that is helping somebody today. Because I believe we are so tied up with having to respond to, to situations. I, I've been around the, the church my whole life. I've been in the ministry. I'm in my 30-some-odd year, fifth year, sixth year of ministry. And uh, I, I've just I've heard so many people and preachers and, and lay people alike that would just say, I just didn't have enough faith. Or I, or, and sometimes, uh, but I'm I'm like all of us have at least a mustard seed of faith, and if that's all that it takes, then what are we talking about? Well, I'll tell you what it's talking about. It's talking about faith that God gives us. Well, Pastor, you're how you're taking that out. Of, no, let me give you another contents in going into the Old Testament, and the Psalmist is writing, David is writing, and he writes this word. Uh, part of his psalm in Psalm 37 that I have heard preached so wrong so often, but I believe the Lord gave me a revelation, and I'm saying that in this scripture, because I began to look based off of connecting things together. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That word delight is the key word there, okay? Because delight um, is not just praise. It's not just getting excited about things. It's not just having fun in Jesus. The word delight there is actually a term that means softness, pliability. Dainty is the word that Strong uses. Uh, it, It is a tender vessel. So it it doesn't have much to do with being joyful and happy and, and, you know, it has to do with being uh, soft and receiving. It has to be with pliable. So when you're pliable in the hands of the Lord, when you delight yourself in the Lord, when you make yourself soft, you know, the opposite is hard and stubborn, okay, and, and and what I mean by that is simply this. If you want something, you and I, as humans, have a tendency to get stubborn about something we want. And we begin to plan and scheme. Say it's a new car, we figure out what it's going to cost, where I can get the money, how I can finance this, how I can do this in order for me to get what I want. And nobody's gonna tell me I'm not gonna do it, I'm going to do it because we can be stubborn that way. I hope you'll agree with me. Uh, And if you don't agree with me, it's because you're being stubborn. (laughs) I'm just just teasing. But stubbornness is a human, we are all stubborn in some way. Delight is the opposite of stubbornness. Delight is saying, I just want to be soft and pliable in the Lord. Whenever I can get to the presence of God, which is now 24-7, I want to be, Delightful. I want to be soft. I want to be pleasant. I want to be movable and pliable in the hands of God. And, and then the Bible says, "And He will give you the desires of your heart." I'll tell you what that's really saying. And I've heard it a few times, but more often than not, it just gets kind of brushed over and say, "See, God will give you what you what you want if you'll just delight in Him." Well, what that Scripture is really saying is, if you will soften or become pliable in the hands of the Lord, delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you, he will place in you, he will put something on the inside of you that will become the desire of your heart or the yearning of your heart. It doesn't mean that you can twist God's arm by making happiness and pleasantness and delighting in worship, and then he's going to give you whatever you want. That's not what the scripture is saying. What the scripture is saying is if you get pliable enough to God, that God will begin to place into you desires of your heart. And because those desires are now in your heart, if you have his faith because those desires are his desires When you begin to act out on those desires or speak those desires, it's really not your desires, but it's the desires that he gave you that is beginning, you become a a conduit of what he wants to get done through you. And he always wants something better for you than what I want for myself. Okay. I hope that makes sense. It's in, and so the, the impetus of the miraculous is the relationship with Jesus It's it's being pliable in his presence. It's being soft and open to him moving in us. It's taking or receiving his faith in us, and it becomes the thing that springboards us into the miraculous. So let me just bring it around this way. When you see miracles being done, and we have seen some great miracles recently in our church and people that are connected to our church We've seen some great miracles happen. Um, but when you see that happen, it's not because somebody twisted God's arm. It's not because we built up and and revved up enough faith. It's not because we prayed and fasted more than we ever have before. It's not because of any of those things. What it is, is we have come into an alignment with God in a soft, delightful way, a pliable way, and he has placed things in us. And as we have begun to pray, we are praying his desire out of us and his desire will always result in the miraculous or in the miracle because it's him. So I encourage somebody tonight that if you are in need, lay your need aside and say, okay, God, you know my need. You know what I... But I want to get so close to you that your faith rises up in me, that your desires rise up in me. I want my heart to receive your desires by being pliable enough in your presence that you can then move and operate through me. And whatever comes of that, I know it's going to happen because it's I'm, I'm, I'm releasing you to do the work in me. You see, God wants to use us to accomplish his goals and his desires. And the basis of our faith has to always be this, that he knows more than us, that he is more than us, that he understands more than us, and that he has the best in mind for us. You know, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, the, I know every human analogy breaks down at some point in trying to give an analogy to the Lord. But I, I think of my boys and there's times where my wife and I want to give them things. And they don't even know what that item might be until we start talking about it. And then when we start talking about it, then they begin to ask for it. And then we give it to them. Now, where did that gift originate from? Did that gift originate from, that, from Declan or Owen that wanted something and, and so they twisted our back uh, in order to get what they wanted? No, it was us doing it to them and speaking about it, and getting them involved, and how would you like to do this, and all of a sudden it became something that they wanted, so when they asked for it, it was not a problem to say yes, because Trish and I were the ones that initiated the thought process of wanting or the desire of wanting it, and God does the exact same thing. If we are lost in this, and we are lost in his presence, and we are lost in his glory, and we are so attuned to what he is wanting to do for us, he begins to talk to us and speak into us the things that he wants us to have happen in our lives, the things that he wants us to have. And then all of a sudden, if we're listening closely in relationship to him through his word, through his presence, through his spirit that resides in us, all of a sudden we think we're thinking about it and we say, God, we want this to happen or we, we'd like this to And he answers us and we think we're the ones that generated the desire for that thing to happen when in all actuality, all we did was have a relationship with the Lord and he put those things in us, just like we do to our kids. And that is when the miraculous is present. And if the miraculous is present, then the miracles will take place. Praise God. I don't know where you're at today in your walk with the Lord. And uh, really nobody does. You and and the Lord are the only ones that know. Here's, Here's what I do know is if you're so consumed with having a miracle performed, it could be, it could be that what you really need is to get in the presence of the miraculous and get in love with Jesus again, and let Jesus begin to speak to you, and let his word begin to speak to you, because that thing that you desire today may not have come from him, and if it didn't come from him, he's not going to answer it because he knows what's best for us. So the closer you get to him, and the better you learn to listen to him, the more the miraculous will be able to envelop you and the miracles will be able to come from you. Praise God. There is something that I believe is happening in the day that we're living. I, I know we just dealt with another school shooting. And you hear all of the different stuff that's out there. And and fentanyl is making a huge Difference negatively, obviously, in in our communities. Suicide is rampant. All of this negative stuff. And unfortunately, uh, it's what we're drawn to. And so the news broadcast never hardly mentioned the good stuff. The news basically deals with all of the negative stuff that's out there. But in the middle of all of that, I believe that there are people all around the globe that are once again falling in love with Jesus brand new, drawing closer to him, not worried about the miracle as much as they are the miraculous, the miraculous being the presence of God. I believe that God is wanting to unleash his power through the church at least one more time before he calls us home. I believe that he's wanting to use us, but the church has got to draw closer to him so that we can hear clearly what he is speaking into us, so that when the church begins to speak, the miracles that need to happen, that Jesus wants to happen, will begin to happen. So my prayer today is yes, we want miracle signs and wonders done in the church, but my prayer today is that each one of us would draw so close to Jesus and be so soft and pliable in his hands, That as he speaks to us, it becomes our desire. And our desire is tied together with the fact that he has planted his faith in us. And through his faith and his desire in us, we begin to speak. And mountains move. And stones move. And miracles begin to happen. And the, the sick are healed. And the dead are raised. And the hurting are bound up in in his arms. And people are delivered. And marriages are reunited. And relationships are put back together. And the glory of the kingdom of God is made available to everybody around us. I believe God's doing it. I believe I want to be a part of it. I believe you do as well. Praise God. Would you just bow your heads with me right now? Jesus, we pray that something that was said tonight would register and be a revelation to somebody that they would just fall in love with you all over again. Lord, there's nobody like you. And Lord, as we fall in love with you, I pray that we would become delightful, pleasant and soft and pliable to you so that you can plant in us the desires of our heart. And those desires begin to happen because you have also implanted your faith in us. As we begin to speak forth, that it would be you speaking forth from us, that we would just be conduit of the miraculous to see the miracles accomplished. Lord Jesus, we'll be careful to love you forever. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen, amen. God bless you. We thank you so much for joining us tonight. I pray that you would find this word to have some revelation, and that you would just have a great, great week in the presence of the miraculous.